0: Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Ricky's Midnight Snack by Anne Edwards The two things Ricky liked most in the world were eating and Pathfindering. One look at his ample figure bulging out of his uniform would convince you of this. So, when early one summer Pastor Norris asked the Pathfinder Club if they would like to take a backpacking trip to the High Sierras, Ricky was first on his feet. In fact, he jumped up and down. Don't jump too high, Pastor Norris teased him. You'll crash through the floor. Then he added, I want all of you to come to my house Sunday morning. Bring everything you plan to take along, and we'll look over our equipment together. I'll make some suggestions and tell you what you'll need. Ricky could hardly wait till Sunday morning. Every spare minute, he rummaged in the garage, the attic, or the basement. The pile in the corner of his room grew larger and larger. It began with his sleeping bag and the backpack his brother had given him. Then he added a pup tent, a gasoline stove and lantern, a couple of books on camping, a hatchet, a folding saw, and a shovel. In fact, it seemed to Ricky that everywhere he looked, he found something that would be handy to use in the woods. Finally, Sunday morning came. Dad drove Ricky to Pastor Norris' house and helped him unload. When everyone was there, Pastor Norris called the meeting to order. As he stood by his fireplace and surveyed the mountains of camping equipment in his den, the pastor's eyes twinkled. The first thing we should do, he said, is to take a preliminary hike. So pick up everything you've got with you, and let's go for a walk. He picked up his own backpack, slipped his sleeping bag under the top straps, and waited. The Pathfinder stared at him in dismay. Ricky spoke first. We can't carry all of this stuff. Pastor Norris nodded his head. I know you can't. That's why I invited you here this morning. He slipped off his own pack. Now I want you each to go through your things and take out whatever you think you can do without. Then put on your packs, because we are still going for that walk. Finally, after several short walks, the Pathfinder's packs were satisfactorily lightened. Now Pastor Norris turned to the subject of food. Everyone will have to prepare their own meals, he said. We aren't taking along any chuck wagons or kitchen crews. You will need some cooking fuel and some dried food. Cans are heavy and hard to dispose of. Don't bring too much food. It's excess baggage. But don't bring too little. There are no stores from which to buy more. Pastor Norris grinned as he looked over the discarded mounds of equipment. We're going to make real campers of you yet, he laughed. Finally, the Monday morning of the trip arrived. The campers were at the pastor's house bright and early. Their packs and sleeping bags had already been tied securely under a tarp on the top of the station wagon, so they eagerly piled in and got on their way. It was a long drive, but they sang, told stories, and played games, and the time passed quickly. They ate their sack lunches near some extinct volcanoes on the desert, where they picked up some specimens of volcanic rock that Mrs. Norris promised to keep for them. Finally, late in the day, they arrived at their first camping spot. We're going to stay here tonight, Pastor Norris said, spreading out a map. Then tomorrow morning, we'll hike up this loop trail. We'll spend the night up there, about mid-trail. Wednesday, we'll hike along here, ending up down the road about five miles at another campground. Mrs. Norris is going to visit some relatives and will pick us up early Thursday morning. Tuesday morning, the Pathfinders woke to a sparkling world. Chipmunks played about the rocks. Birds warbled and chirped in bushes and trees, and the smell of wood smoke hung low over the campground. The Pathfinders rolled up their sleeping bags, had morning worship, breakfasted quickly, and were on their way. It was a glorious day for hiking, and Pastor Norris stopped them now and then to show them animal signs or to reveal some of nature's secrets. Evening came all too soon. They set up camp in a grassy meadow. Ricky was unrolling his sleeping bag as Pastor Norris strolled by. What on earth? Pastor Norris stooped and picked up a bag of marshmallows. Ricky's face colored. I thought I might get hungry. Ricky looked at his sleeping bag, which had odd lumps in it here and there. Are you planning to sleep on rocks? Pastor Norris questioned with a smile. He unzipped Ricky's sleeping bag and laid it open. Inside were a bag of apples, a box of raisins, some cookies and crackers, and two packages of cupcakes. So that's what kept me awake last night, Cloud complained, rattling and crackling and crunching all night. Well, he won't tonight, Pastor Norris said firmly. There are bears up here. That means we'll have to put every bit of food in our backpacks and hang them high in a tree. Everyone got busy preparing dinner. Then they loaded their food into their backpacks, strung them on a long rope Pastor Norris had brought along, and pulled them up into a tall pine tree in the middle of the meadow. They look like a bunch of grapes, Marianne giggled. "'Do you really think bears will come into our camp?' Donna whispered. "'I don't think we'll be bothered,' Pastor Norris said solemnly. "'If they come around, they'll be looking for food, "'and since ours is way up there in the tree, we're probably safe. "'But if they do come in, remember that they are not tame. "'They're wild, so stay away from them.'" Pastor Norris had evening worship, and the tired campers settled down to sleep. At the edge of the meadow, where the woods were dark and deep, a huge black bear ambled along a narrow trail. He stopped and sniffed the air. The bear had lived most of his life in Yosemite National Park around the campgrounds on the valley floor. He had dined off the leftovers and handouts of tourists, but this summer he had gotten too aggressive and had been banished to the high country. Now he smelled the familiar scent of humans. He edged closer and sniffed again. Sure enough, people and food. He stepped out into the clearing and surveyed the campsite. There was an occasional sound the kind people make when they're sleeping. But no one moved. The bear came closer. Ricky opened his eyes and looked up at the full moon shining through the pine tree. He could see the backpacks high in the tree, and instantly he felt hungry. Quietly, he reached down into the folds of his sleeping bag for the plastic sack he had hidden there. He found a marshmallow and was just about to pop it into his mouth when he saw a big black shape looming over him. Ricky let out a war whoop. At the same time, the bear's paw hit the sleeping bag, raking it from top to bottom and sending Bag and Ricky flying. The zipper popped open, and Ricky rolled out onto the ground. The uproar wakened the others, and they came pouring out of their beds. Pastor Norris herded them to the far side of the clearing, but the bear ignored them. He was busy trying to get at Ricky's goody bag. "'Find me some rocks,' Pastor Norris whispered. "'Do it quickly!' The Pathfinders felt around on the ground and handed some small rocks to Pastor Norris, who threw them toward the bear. Finally, the intruder ate the last marshmallow and ambled off into the forest. Ricky's sleeping bag was in shreds. It took a while for the campers to go back to sleep. But slowly, one by one, they drifted off, all except Ricky. Poor Ricky spent the rest of the night wrapped in a borrowed blanket on the hard ground. It was a long time before the other Pathfinders let Ricky forget about the bear's visit, but Ricky did learn one important lesson. He's a lot happier, a lot healthier, and a lot slimmer since he stopped eating midnight snacks. The story you have heard today is from Guide's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fischel.